passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. That's right. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Door, bumper, clear. I'm TJ Majors, and you're listening to Door Bumper Clear, presented by OfferPad. Quiet week for everyone, right? Yeah, uh, not much to cover. I say everyone. Not us. <laughs> I guess we'll talk my new job. Driver COVID protocols, Brad Keselowski and Austin Dillon's crash, Daytona playoff cutoff expectations, and much more. Ready, set, go. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the two cup car. Actually, the what? What? Yeah, the who? Yeah, yeah, I did the well, the one truck and the two car. I mean, I'm, you know, I try, <laughs> try to do an order. It, they try to make it as easy as possible yeah, for you. I try to do an order, but uh, full house again. I got to give you a big congratulations. Thanks, I appreciate it. Next subject. You yeah, are hands down the record breaking spotter. For a guy to get fired and hired that fast. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Jason, cut that. <laughs> I've never seen anybody get fired and hired within the same one-hour time frame. Brett Griffin, spotter for this weekend. <laughs> I got Jeb Burton on Saturday. Kaz Grala on Sunday with Colleague Racing. Um, it's going to be a fun show today, Freddie. Yeah, hold on. It's a blast. I mean, I can't wait. I wish that was alcohol. Uh, what's up, Freddie Kraft? Spotter for the Upside Down 23. Uh, the, <laughs> I need to, yeah. uh, what car did I do this week? The 10, Jeb Burton. I did need not have enough gas. race. Uh, but, yeah. Well, you're ho- not. Hello, it's, everyone. It's that Bojangles I bought, brought you for breakfast. Yeah, that is the one time you will ever be nice this whole season. So I guess we'll have to get. It's because I got to, up at seven o'clock say, in the morning. I actually got up at six thirty. It's Jovi's first day of high school, and I was semi-emotional driving her to school. And I had her and her one of her best friends, Luke Panabacker, and I'm in the car. And I drop them off, and I just see all these long-haired, horny boys walking around, and I just am about to vomit. <laughs> so I figured to, to try to compensate <laughs> oh my for my shitty start to my day that I would try to do something nice for you guys and bring you breakfast for the first time. So um, I hope you enjoyed your, your, your biscuits from Bojangles this morning. <laughs> well, I will have to say uh, – well, first off, Jason – how are you? Thank you for breakfast, Brett. Yes. You're welcome. His one and only time. But you are in serious trouble because Jovi looked amazing in that picture you posted. So Thanks. I am so sorry for what <laughs> you're about to <laughs> deal with. Said, I've seen all these long. <laughs> Do you know what it's man. like to sit down Sounds with like your, breakfast with your for everybody. 14-year-old daughter and, and, and talk to her about how boys are 
I hope that wasn't you. It was a 40-minute conversation where I'm essentially telling her to... Avoid you? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So That's um, exactly right. It's really, really, honest to God, stressful day. Like, I I don't like my kids having to go back to school because it means I don't get as much time with them. I don't like them going back to school because it means they're now a year older, right? Um, And her going into high school, obviously, is a big, big chapter. Um, More freedom. All the things that you don't want to have happen to your daughter uh, start happening, so... Yeah, it's a great day to be me. Yes, well... Uh, so I tried to get in a better mood. I put on all my Gamecock gear. I mean, Brett brought looks you like guys breakfast. Yeah. Brett looks like he's on his way to tailgate as soon as... <laughs> I'll post a picture because you have some... You need some style uh, Whatever you're picturing, on. it's worse. Yeah, <laughs> it is honestly worse. It's not, it's not totally bad because he doesn't have the jorts on. Usually he's got jorts on where you can oh, see the hanging out of the bottom shoes, of it. Shoes, <laughs> socks, and I promise you if he has underwear on, the underwear matching... I'm surprised you don't have Jersey, your like mask, a helmet. Draws. Well, uh, well, let's I wouldn't address. even be surprised if he tattooed his do funny. Or <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't want to know. And move on to the next topic. Let's address the elephant in the yes. room, TJ. All of our listeners are mad because you didn't tell them about this last week. So, break it down. What happened? When did you find out? Been solid if I knew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, I didn't. Uh, didn't know until. You know, the meetings were Tuesday and, you know, just had a meeting and Joey uh, said he would like to work with Coleman. He says they feel like they had that that best friend connection. Um, he said he felt like Coleman was at my level and that he uh, felt Is like, Coleman at your level? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I really don't know. The drivers are the ones that need to make that choice, you know, and, and um, you know, everybody has a different style of spotting and blends with different drivers you know differently you know like it just needs uh you know some some work some don't but um you know he expressed that he and coleman wanted to work with each other and you know i was all for it because i text you after and i'm like look it's very rare that this happens that you get the chance to work with your best friend and you know freddie's freddie's in a similar boat with bubba um but it's not very often you get to go to work with some of your best friends or you know you got to work with elliot I got to work with Dale Jr. You know, for ten years, and it, it there is a there is a better a different connection there. Um, you know, when when you do that, your family's vacation together, you do things together, you're out, and, you know, you hang out together a lot, um, and those guys get the chance to do that. So, you know, I'm really I'm happy for them to get that opportunity. You know, kind of disappointed, you know, a little bit because I went there thinking it was going to be a long term long term thing with, with Joey, and you know, and he wasn't sure – he told me when we started that he didn't really – wasn't sure he wanted to chance that friendship because if it doesn't work, it could really hurt the friendship. But, um, you know, he thinks uh, he thinks Coleman has gotten good enough now to where he can do it. So, you know, I'm happy for them guys to get the opportunity to do that. One to, one to ten meter of you were surprised when you walked in the meeting and they told you you weren't going to stay on the 22 next year initially. Uh, Probably a ten. Yeah, I mean, probably a ten because I've had – me and Joey have had zero issues as far as I, I mean, we've never had to go over things. Everything we've came up with, we've always been on the same page about. Um, I think we, his driving style and my spotting style worked really well with each other. No real issues. He understood what I was explaining, uh, you know, in the, in the time when it was happening a lot and could adjust accordingly quickly. So there was, there was no, you know, no, um, 
problems there or anything, but yeah, probably a 10. I've seen two spotters, two driver spotter scenarios in, in my career here. Maybe there's more. Maybe I just didn't pay attention. But I recall uh, Paul Menard getting rid of a spotter and then eventually taking him back. I recall Austin Dillon getting rid of a spotter and then taking him back. Um, what happened? I mean, Joy got wrecked yesterday. I'm not saying it was Coleman's fault, but he got wrecked. Um, what happens if he goes to Daytona this weekend and decides he screwed up and changes his mind? Do you go back? No, there's not going to be a. I mean, I don't. I don't feel that doesn't make me comfortable to be able to do that because who knows if he. You know, I you just don't feel comfortable, and I don't personally. And I, you know, I feel, I feel like I have other opportunities that I will feel comfortable in. You know, and not have to worry because that's going to be in the back of your mind. Now, this is, this has always been in the back of my mind from the beginning. You know, it's always kind of there, and it's you know, it's not that I was overly. Sorry, look at that little thing. There's an ice cream truck. There's no Squirrel. way in hell you would fit in that no. thing. Don't say, don't <laughs> say that little truck. Do me a favor. Don't say look at that little thing where nobody can see what we're looking at, please. So. Damn, Freddie. <laughs> it ain't big, but it's cute, TJ. Um, <laughs> but no, I think uh, that that sh- for me personally right now, it you know maybe down the road, way down the road or something. I can't say it'll never happen again, but you never know. The sport throws curveballs at times. You never know. People end up where you don't expect ha- a lot of times. So. so you got the news about Joey. Where did the Brad opportunity come from? Within um, like an hour? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I brought it up in the meeting. I'm like, well, if this is what you want, you know, why don't we just switch now? You know, why wait? Because not that it would – I still want to run for a championship, but Brad's in there, you know, and Joey's in there. And if, but it, and if it, it just, to me, would make sense to make the switch. You know, if that's what you want, then go. I mean, I, you know, um doesn't make sense to, you know – Prolong it. If that's what's going to happen, why not just do it? Is this the best thing that could happen to TJ Majors long term for you? Honestly, probably. Yeah, I don't like. I'm. I'm not. I have no hard feelings about it. Like really, I mean it. Um, and it, like you said though, it's probably going to open doors that are better for me long term. You know, not that I wasn't in a great spot already, but as far as getting off the roof eventually, um, things like that, you know, there's probably more opportunity for that now down the road. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. You, you know, you, I don't know what I'm doing yet. No, no. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you, you, you talk about, you know, the fact that, like you said, I work with Bubba. I've known Bubba forever. Uh, Brett got to work with Elliot Clint, buddies of his. You were at Dale, obviously now TJ and Coleman, but in the same aspect, I mean, you and Brad are, good friends you know so it's it's yeah. like you said it's 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 almost the same thing where now you're getting to work with one of your good friends again yeah there was um i think me and brad eventually would have worked with each other again at some point it just never worked out timeline wise for what he had going and what i had going it was always off by a year and this kind of lined everything up for an opportunity like that as well so um it's kind of it's kind of um I've been excited about it. Whenever we got the word that we could switch, because it wasn't just a, well, let's switch now. Everyone kind of had to sign off on it. It had to be, you know, everyone had to be okay with it. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't make sense to do it. So once we got the okay, I think, uh, I mean, I was excited. And it was because I've worked with Brad before. And, you know, there was there was an opportunity, but I couldn't I couldn't go with Brad, with, you know, when he left. To, I couldn't leave Dell Jr. then to, to work with him. Um, but I've worked with Brad here and I mean, we live, we lived right next to each other for years. So it was really, it's a very logical switch in my opinion. I mean, Coleman and Brad, Coleman and Joey have that connection and, and me and Brad have that connection. So 
uh, it, it just makes sense across the board. I mean, I don't. I think everyone. I think everyone's going to end up in a better spot. So when you were hearing the news, because I've been I've been there, right? I mean, RCR fired me on a Tuesday, and and Clint Boyer hired me on that Friday, right? So I, I know what you're. I know what it's kind of like. But when you're sitting there, and they're telling you you're not coming back to the 22 in 2022, is your heart sunk or is your brain already like, oh, I need to talk to Brad? Because you knew who your savior was. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't even know. I really, honestly, man, it's so weird because I was really, and I told Joey, look, I mean, I was very adamant that I was excited for them guys because I know that connection, you know, and I, and I, I think probably inside I was thinking myself like, okay, now I have a chance to achieve that as well. You know, that's why the switch made sense to me, and I was actually thinking about it then, but that it made it a lot easier to be happy for them guys. You know, it wasn't like, okay, I'm not going to walk out of here and be like, w- w- what am I going to do now? It was, uh, you know, opportunity, uh, okay, well, good, maybe I'll be able to get back with Brad this weekend and uh, have fun. You know, not that I wasn't having fun, but it's just different. And It's different. It's different. So I think it was – it's hard to say I was excited at the same time because, I mean, I was – you know, it, it was – I mean, I like working with Joey. Joey was – we had a – it's fun to work with Joey. Um but going and working with your friend, it just it, it was it was exciting. Like I left and, um, you know, knew knew that I was gonna have an opportunity, that opportunity this weekend. You know, a couple a day later or whatever, I was gonna have that opportunity. So uh, I don't know. It was, it was good. Like I can't say it, that I was like devastated. It's been three or four seasons since Logano's only won one race, and you guys right now, obviously, there's more opportunity for him to win more as the year goes on. But do you think that weighed in on the decision at all, or do you think was this was all like based on his relationship with Coleman? Um, both. It's there's a there's a trend. I mean, I and I'm I'm one of the numbers, but uh, you know, I think it's both. I think it's hard to pass up the opportunity when it's there like that. And honestly, like you said, it's a blessing. It, it's the timing is perfect for me. Like it couldn't have been better, you know. Because if we waited a year, like I have another year on my contract. If we waited another year. Who knows what I what opportunities would have been available then? No idea. Yeah, you don't know. Maybe there would have been something better, but yeah, I find that hard to believe right now. Brad Brad seems happy about it. We saw an interview with Pockers this morning that Brad said he's got the number one spotter in the business. So this is now the second interview that he's done drunk that we know about. <laughs> um, but the first I mean, one was epic. <laughs> the only thing that I want to get out of this conversation is. Can we now admit that you wiped me out at Daytona Road Course last year? <laughs> You've been waiting for that. A year later. I will still say <laughs> that the that we were, he was there. That's all I'll say. Honestly, I think the, the thing I'm most excited about is to hear how many people say you don't suck. Yeah, that's amazing how theater. many messages I've gotten. That <laughs> I did a poll. <laughs> I know right. I voted. I voted. <laughs> you know what I Me voted? Too. I, I voted said yes. yes, but not as much. <laughs> yeah, I voted oh, myself, and I. Uh, so it, it's amazing that how your rank changes with the fans strictly by what car you're working with. Absolutely, absolutely. Trust, trust, well, so, trust me, I'm well aware. <laughs> on that topic, um, I can't tell you how many people came up to me at the BC39 saying that. You no longer suck, and they love you, and they hate Brett. So, I think Those that this is a win. Well, that's just dumbass over here said the BC thirty nine was going away last <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah, that seems logical. So, are you willing to admit you're wrong? Is it not going away? 
I didn't say it was going away next year. Ro- I said Roger was away. there talking about how great it was and how he waits awesome. to build on I mean, it. I just don't see Roger's a dirt guy, so that's great. I'm oh, a dirt he guy. Was, he started. was very involved in the VC39. I mean, he came up to us and Kyle and Victory Lane and talked about how great the race was and loved Chloe. So, so. you guys won with Kyle Larson? We did. Wow. So we, we saw the week. <laughs> I worked really hard on the wrenches, guys. Yeah, you were you were killing it. I was on it with tire setup. Did you get a shout-out in Victory Lane yet, or...? Sore subject. I can only imagine the mess she left in Victory Lane. I know. Did you see, did you did you see, see the picture? picture? Somebody somebody took the picture of Victory Lane and like photoshopped all kind of rappers and, and shit then, around Casey. And then somebody somebody yeah. else said, That's like, look funny. how dirty it is. I, I, Casey, I've got to tell you this. I text Freddie oh, this did week. So my sister always listens to our podcast, but she uh-huh. stays a few episodes behind. So she comes rolling into the kitchen and she looks at me and she goes, I'll kiss your ass if Casey left that roll on that airplane clean. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow well i should have taken a picture of the uh <laughs> hotel and the toter and everywhere, everywhere i was this congratulations weekend. on one of that race that's thank awesome. thank you i appreciate it and so. yes so many people came up to me saying how much you suck so i'm just glad that we're all on the same page tj congratulations on getting fired and hired and and brad's comments certainly are i don't know what you're talking they're about. certainly they're certainly pointing to the direction that he intends for you to stay with him for, for down the road. So uh, I'm glad to know you're going to be okay, man. This is a crazy sport. We talk about it all the time. Uh, you never know when things are going to happen. And uh, it's good to know you're going to be okay, man. And it's going to even be better for you personally. I know it will because I know how much you and Brad, uh, how your relationship is. And you get to go back to kind of what you had when you spotted Fidel Jr. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't know. Obviously, I can't speak on next year yet. But it's, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the rest of this year, and you know it, it's fun to pick up and actually still have a shot of running for a championship right now. Not, ha- you know what I mean? Like we have way more to accomplish this year still, and and the opportunity to do it. So the race is on. Brad and TJ versus Coleman and Joy. Who can win first? <laughs> I am not. I'm. Yeah, I'm promoting. I am not it. in that race. Are you going to I make am this poll? I am promoting it. Wait till you see them race each other this week. I think it's going to be exciting. <laughs> I almost posted this on uh, Wednesday. Is everybody having a good Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should nice. have. That would have been funny. Good deal. All, All right. right. Well, on to Michigan. What do you guys think? I want to know, Freddie, how was your weekend? <laughs> My weekend was fine. I had a... You didn't go to Gateway. I yeah. did not go to Gateway, thank Kid God. that did your truck did a decent job. Yeah, he did good, I yeah. thought. You know, they, they were fast and, and just... Kraus cannot catch a break this year. He's running fifth with like, I don't know, 20, 30 to go, and they got a loose wheel and have to come in and he loses two laps. You know, he's had speed and just that truck, something like beginning of the year, it wouldn't run. Then it, we had problems, and Derek showed up and he wanted to run in the and I texted him the other day. They were, he was doing an interview with Regan during the red flag, and I texted him and I quote, I said, I said, yeah, Regan, I wish they'd just throw green, green go back green now because I drive like I can't see anything anyways. <laughs> <laughs> He he was laughing, but uh, yeah, they did good. Um, did y'all watch truck race? I, yeah, we did watch truck race. Yeah, I was. It was okay, and then when the power went out, I was like, Uh-oh. "Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> what made me come here?" Like, <laughs> it's almost like every race I do, this non-companion, which I I haven't really done many, but with no Xfinity on Saturday, it makes it possible to do these. And you every time it, you can do Xfinity next year now. Yeah, now. <laughs> I know, probably. Um, so it, every time I go to one of these, something happens. Like rain, it was supposed to rain in Knoxville. Luckily, it didn't. But 
I was freaking out about the rain, and it, that's a long drive from Knoxville to Atlanta. Yeah. It, but this <laughs> was only seven hours, I think, so I could have done this on Saturday if we ran. But then the damn power goes out. So, and it wasn't even that bad, but I think we only threw the yellow because I think they lost timing and scoring, and they threw the, they had to throw the yellow when, when they lost that. So, um, but it was, uh, it was fun to get Haley her first top ten, um, get her a good race in, and she was really – very aggressive uh we pushed her a lot more that race and i saw her grow a lot like she can do it you know what i mean like she has that she has another level there like she's been very timid this year trying to run all the laps and she's done a great job at that we haven't really been in any any wrecks really just when people you know wreck in front of her or something but she's uh she's doing really good and i thought she uh had a very good learning race and didn't take anything from anybody if somebody went in there and got into her she bumped him back up the track and went back by him and she did a very good job. Yeah. I mean, truck race, thoughts from truck race for Sheldon Creed, just pretty much put a stomping on everybody. Truck racing's we'll, hard. We'll talk about that more about that truck race later. Uh, Dinger, hell of a week for the Dinger. Hell, yeah. He hell wins two cup, weeks. Cup, yeah, really. Cup race. Uh, six days later, goes out and wins an Xfinity race. So, them guys are on it right now. Uh, I sent a tweet out this morning. <clears throat> They've won 11 11- of the last 73 Xfinity Series races, that's 15% of the races they've been in. They've won one out of seven cup races they've been in. That's like a 14% win percentage. For a new team to be doing what Kylie Racing is doing, and obviously I'm invested in them, Freddie's invested in them, but it's pretty damn impressive to, to see what they're doing to be so new around here. I'm, and But you're kind of – that's kind of a skewed stat, though, because you're running your strong races. Still, A win's a win. <laughs> I'm just saying – yeah, I mean it's impressive though to for that organization to be competitive at that level. You know, AJ, AJ, they they got the right guy there for the job when they run them yeah. races. So. That's my biggest thing that I take away from this is I mean, could you imagine like a, what is it three or four years ago, somebody wrote just wrote AJ Allmendinger off like he's done. Somebody yeah, wrote Casey Kane off. You I'm know, happy for him. <laughs> AJ's out there now winning races, winning Cup races. What has he got? Three or four wins in Xfinity this year. Yeah, six total uh, in two um, years. Casey out the other night breaks a damn track record in a world outlaw car. He's running top ten every night. He's back full time with the outlaws. And I got a pro. I got a question with this with Casey. He gets in his own cars and runs. You know, runs okay. He gets in this other car, <laughs> and the dude's on fire. Like in Knoxville, he was super fast well, this pro- week. They, like they give Brett, they give Brad all the good stuff over yeah, there. Casey Kane, he better talk to somebody. No <laughs> kidding. But it's, no, it's, but I mean, it's just I'm crazy to me. Him. Yeah, it's just crazy to me that like somebody you know JTG, namely. Just kind of wrote off AJ Allmendinger a few years ago to get you know some younger guys maybe a little bit cheaper, and and here he is now. He just jumps in somebody else's stuff, and it's obviously good equipment. He goes out wins a Cup race again. He wins you know he's winning multiple races a year in the Xfinity Series. Probably top three, two three championship favorite now in the Xfinity Series. So it's just good for him. I'm happy to see that because he's a great dude. I got to work with him last year and. A lot of fun to be around, and I just uh, wish continued success for those guys. I, I told Chris this morning on the phone. He called me at eight o'clock, and and we were going through stuff. And I was like, "Man, hiring AJ Amadinger was the best thing you've ever done for this company. Like you were, you were already doing well, but this guy elevates your program. And, and as we talked about for next year stuff that we're getting ready for, it's like, man, if we put Justin Haley out there in the Cup race and he runs twenty fifth, um, is it the car? Is it the driver? 
if we put AJ out there and we run 25th at some of these places, we know it's the car. Yeah. We know we got to get better. So when you look at how do you evaluate your equipment, I mean, we're talking about it going into the last few shows with Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez being teammates last year. There's not an A guy there on that roster to evaluate your equipment. So when you start struggling, you're not going to know which department it necessarily falls on. Is it the car department or the driver department? So I think Chris – Going out and look when he made the hire, man. I didn't know. I didn't. I wasn't all about it. And I told AJ this. We had some beers one night at a shoe show, and, and we basically had to come to Jesus meeting about our past because we didn't have a great past. I mean, he damn near killed Elliot at Pocono when he wrecked him. He didn't mean to wreck him, but nonetheless, damn near killed him. He was a terrible teammate, and we sat there and we talked was about it. Was he blocked on and, Twitter? And AJ, he blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> he did. But but he AJ goes through and he starts telling me his story about why he was a shitty teammate. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is like we're having a Dell Jr. download moment right here where we're both telling each other our stories and we're, and we're getting over some things, issues that we had in the past. And, and now, honestly, like Freddie said, good dude to work with, easy mm -hmm. as heck to spot for, and he's winning races. So yeah. it, it's, it's awesome for him and that fun, organization. The fun factor is way up there. And, and that, that's big. And a lot of people don't realize, like, AJ was running some part-time stuff, but he was there all the time. You all know what I mean? Time. Like, working to make their program better, working with Justin, working with, you know, at the time, Ross. You know, he was, even though he was racing here and there, you know, what, five, six times a year, he was there every week, you know, help, trying to help make the program better behind the scenes. He's an amazing so teammate. Yeah. He's amazing. He's literally the company guy. The two most important people at college racing are Chris Rice and AJ Allmendinger. As far as being company guys. I can't believe you didn't say yourself. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Third. This makes me wonder about a guy like Scott Speed. Like, I feel like when Scott got booted out, he was actually just starting to turn the corner. Right. And, you know, I feel like he was actually starting to trend in the, in the direction, like he was figuring it out. This is what scares me about Kyle Larson, is these guys don't turn into awesome race car drivers, in my opinion, for the most part until they're in their 30s. Kyle Larson is young and obviously growing older, but like this guy's already on fire and he's not even there yet. Yeah, I mean, was he running tonight? Where's he? Where's he winning tonight? <laughs> I mean, he was in the late model. Yeah, well, he might. Have, I night. mean, is he going to run Formula One in a couple weeks or something? I, <laughs> I mean, think they were talking about IndyCar five, Indy yeah, five hundred. Rogers right? said he was scouting scouting Indy five hundred drivers for next year at the BC race. So I promise you, Kyle Larson and Indy five hundred would be fun. Yeah. Anything else happen in Indy last weekend? Indy, oh yeah, you, you guys, congratulations! Another congratulations hey, is an order. Week. It's a big uh, week. TJ and Freddie, you went a whole week nope. without getting called to the NASCAR Hall I'm out, for, I'm because of this podcast. Cut this out. You cut this out, Jason. You make it sound like just me and TJ got called to the Hall. <laughs> Coming well, from the guy that, well, if I, I start talking, <laughs> kick me. The guy that never shut up. Yeah. <laughs> if I start talking, you hit me. I'm like, well, okay. I'm like, just go ahead, Brett. Whatever you need. Well, I, first of all, I didn't know they were being serious when they called us to the Hall, and so, you both know that. So tell us a little bit about that part. What part? When you found out that there was a meeting, what, what was your... Well, obviously, we're very opinionated on this show. Mm -hmm. Well, two of us are. We're very candid on this show. <laughs> two of us are. Um, we like to have fun on this show. All four of us do. Five of us count Jason. Six count Alex. But but so when I got this email um, that that we were required to come to the NASCAR hauler for a meeting, and, and at the time that that meeting was being scheduled... Um, I thought it was like literally they listened to a segment on the show and they found some humor in it. Well, let me tell you something. They didn't think it was funny. <laughs> he texts me. He's like, are they serious? I said, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty serious. And I had already replied thinking they were kidding. <laughs> so that probably uh, made it worse. And, um, and I don't think – they weren't – 
I mean, they were probably a little angry, but I think it was just a, a good meeting to for us to all sit down and kind of hash out both sides of they think we're idiots. <laughs> and we are. We question some of the stuff they do. Mainly I'm, just you guys. I'm sorry. They think me and Brett are idiots. Yeah, thank you. Uh, now they, you don't. Have to they know TJ's one. Um, <laughs> but you know, and 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 it a lot of good came from. Listen, we talked about this on our show last week a little bit, and kind of went back, and we we didn't want to go into too much detail about it, uh, and so we cut it out last week. So that's what we're going to talk about it this week. Um, we didn't want to. We had heard. TJ was going to have a meeting that next day, so we didn't want to have that play into it at all. So we wanted to make sure that we just cut it out and we could talk about it this week now that we know that it had nothing to do with TJ's meeting. Um, but, yeah, I thought I thought a, a lot of good came out of it. I have We've got communications uh, contacts now to where we can, we can present both sides of the argument, like before, and I think that's all they really wanted. You know, they wanted the opportunity for us to just not come on here and bash them and them not have an opportunity to respond. So... Last week, you guys heard me reference in the spot on, spot off section multiple times about this is what NASCAR said, and this is where you know this is where they were at on this. So, and that was just for me texting directly back and forth with some of the NASCAR comms people on Sunday night. So, like I said, they they presented their side, we kind of presented our side. Um, I would imagine that's probably not the last time we're going to get called in there. I think Davis was Davis was wondering if that's maybe the first time any podcast has been has been invited to the principal's office, but I, I think a lot of good came out of it, and, and it'll improve our show going forward. I think so, too. And, and, and look, man, <laughs> the irony of it is we're sitting in there having this meeting talking about our podcast and things we say on it as it as it relates to the NASCAR industry. And then, in my opinion, Sunday, which was a phenomenal race, by the way, the very next day, it, it couldn't have been any crazier. We got safety trucks on the track there qualifying. We got curbs blowing up. We got cars blowing up. Like, it looks like we got grenades out there. We're dropping on cars. Like, it just couldn't have been any crazier. So, I think, you know, probably in hindsight, as they go back and they debrief to, to go over their races, which Kip came on here and told us they do every week, like, they had to go through that race thinking, holy cow, guys, we missed some things here, right? Um, but we have the freedoms, obviously, to, to come on here and, and be very candid with you guys and honest with you guys and give you our opinions. And at no point – Am I trying to make any of that personal as it pertains to NASCAR or NASCAR officials or anybody that wears that bar? Because I know how hard all those guys work to make it, uh, to make the sport what it is. Now, there are some things that I say about other people on this show outside (laughs) of the NASCAR bar world that I do, I hope they do take it personal. But uh, like Freddie said, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. Um, they were they were so happy that TJ showed up. They actually gave him some NASCAR apparel to wear onto the show from now on, uh, so that he can. Well, we talked and we wanted to sit you guys down. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's great. We're we're uh, we're out of jail, Jason. I guess. Is Congratulations. Long story short. Well, before we go back into jail and you guys say something else that's dumb, let's hear a little bit more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Denny and Harrison, welcome to the OfferPad family. Thanks. Yeah, we're excited. You guys ready? You know we're ready. You know at OfferPad, we're fast too. All online, cash offer in 24 hours. But we also like to make sure that each home selling experience feels special, easy, and different. You guys look awesome! OfferPad really is different. Yeah, awesome different. Home selling with OfferPad is awesome different. Request your free cash offer today at OfferPad.com. 
We're headed back to Daytona Beach this weekend, and Florida is home to three markets for our awesome, different presenting sponsor offer, Pat. Those three markets are Jacksonville, Orlando, and Tampa. Whether you currently live there or want to sell your current home and move there, OfferPad.com can help you out. Florida's a great place to live with so much to do, plus great weather and my favorite place on Earth, the Disney World. I'm going to need OfferPad's help to move there. I always love when you talk about your favorite princesses on this show. Mm. Uh, you can log on OfferPad.com and sell your current home by completing the quick and easy five-minute form. I did this, guys, and within 24 hours, OfferPad will get you a cash offer on your home, and you can start exploring for new homes in Florida. That's an awesome different way to sell your home. I'm going straight to OfferPad.com. When asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you. Spot on, spot off. First topic, Corey LaJoy forced to sit out of Michigan after a close contact tested positive for COVID last Monday. Brett, spot on, spot off. Oh, man. Corey LaJoy. Uh, this is a weird situation. Uh, if, if my facts are right, um, Corey was in close contact with someone last Monday that could potentially have had COVID. And on that Monday, uh, that person tested negative. And then on that Wednesday, that, that um, the results must have been different or something. I don't, I don't know for sure what happened. But, but long story short, NASCAR ruled Corey ineligible because he's not vaccinated. He, he didn't meet the requirement to be able to do the three-day quarantine, produce a negative test, and show up and race. And I saw a tweet yesterday from Sherry, uh, Truex's girlfriend, asking Bob Pockers why he's asking drivers their vaccination status. Well, the rules vary based on if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated. If you are vaccinated, you get to race in three days. If you're not vaccinated, you have to wait a week, and you have to produce a negative test. So um, – that changes the game for all these drivers. It puts, in my opinion, a lot of pressure on these drivers to become vaccinated, uh, especially, man, especially these playoff drivers, because outside of Kyle Larson, I don't know that anybody can really afford to miss a race and still be able to, to go, you know, win a championship. Um, as it pertains specifically to Corey, though, I guess my questions to NASCAR would be this. Could Corey produce a negative test on the day of the race. And according to Corey, and I can't speak for Corey, but according to Corey, I think he could have. Um, could Corey LaJoy have driven his rental car up there by himself and quarantined and, and went straight from his rental car in his fire suit with his helmet on to his race car with a mask on? And I think the answer to that is yes. Could Corey LaJoy have gotten into his race car and buckled in with minimal assistance from one crew guy who would also be wearing a mask? And I think the answer to that is yes. Would Corey LaJoy ride around for 400 miles by himself? Yes. When the race is over, as long as Corey LaJoy doesn't need medical assistance for anything that has happened as it pertains to the race, because, again, he's already had a negative test produced, could he then get out of the car and go back to his rental car and go home and, and, and literally not be around anybody? And for me – the answer to all of those are yes. So I think this is a very methodical, well-thought-out plan for NASCAR. I think it um, 
I think it screws a guy like Corey LaJoy. You know, I mean, he had to miss a race, and it sucks, especially if he never had COVID to start with. The quarantine processes are all different. You know, NASCAR can do – they can quarantine you however they want because they're a privately owned company. Um, the way this, the school systems work in the state of North Carolina, that's state-owned. You know, your restaurant, your local restaurant, they can do whatever the hell they want because they're privately owned. So um, it's, not a, it's not a boat any of us want to be in. But yeah. I hated to see Corey LaJoy – I texted with him yesterday. You still negative? Yep. Like, dang. I just hate that there was an opportunity for him to be able to go do his job if, A, he doesn't have COVID, and, B, we could have done some safety measures to give him a chance to do that. So I am spot off for him missing this race. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like – I don't know how, like you said, I don't know how if you're a playoff driver, and it's obviously – it's hard to say this because it's other people's bodies and you don't want to make decisions for them. But, like, I don't understand how you could be a playoff driver and not get the vaccine because of this. I mean, this is, you know, it's it's hard because you don't – obviously, you don't know where everybody you've been with has been. I mean, I mean, what, I mean, what do you – I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the right thing to do is. Obviously, we have to protect ourselves. But still, if you – I don't know how, if you're a playoff driver, you don't get the vaccine just to cover your ass because if you don't have it, you're out a week, no matter what. It's a seven-day process for if for anybody that's not got it. So if you get it on a Monday, you're out till the following Monday. That's a race. And like Brett said, the only person that can afford to maybe miss one race in the playoffs is Kyle Larson. So, you know, it's it's tough to to tell people kind of what they have to do. But I don't know how if you're a playoff driver, you you can not get the vaccine. And I saw today, I think, or yesterday, where Joey came out and said he just got it. You know, Logano. So. Uh, I don't know if that just has ways in on that or not, but you know, it's just it's it's a, it's a hard spot to be in to tell people what they should do with their bodies. But you know, I don't know, I don't know how you don't get it. TJ, ah, uh, it's a very tough scenario. You hate that it actually comes up, but it's kind of the world we live in now. So, um, you know, I hate that Corey missed that race, and and but I think NASCAR is trying to do everything they can to to not have more miss the you know the the object here is okay to, in my opinion it's one guy gets it we don't want six more guys to miss you know what i mean like to get it and be out like so um you know i think they got those protocols in place to prevent nascar has their protocols and the teams also have their protocols and every team's protocols are completely different you know sure. and and look man i look at this these things these restaurants uh, and, and, hey, I'm vaccinated, by the way. So I'm getting ready to tell all you this as a vaccinated person. I look at these restaurants, and they go, you got to be vaccinated to come in here. Well, I'm not going in there because can you assure me that I'm not going to sit by a thief? Can you assure me that I'm, there's nobody in, in the restaurant with a weapon? Can you assure me that nobody has hepatitis that's in your kitchen cooking? Can you assure me the person right beside of me doesn't have the normal flu? You can't do those things. So why are you literally – pinpointing people that aren't vaccinated that are making a personal choice with their body can't come into your restaurant so like even though i made the personal choice to be vaccinated i also am an american first and i believe we should have the right to do what we want to do with their body and i don't come after people you know who are making that that assumption now look i've got friends that work in hospitals and when they have people come in with covid that are sick and need care that aren't vaccinated those some of those healthcare workers that i know are frustrated because they're like, man, if you'd gotten vaccinated, solid chance you wouldn't be in this hospital, you yeah. know. So, so like, it's 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 a strain on us as a country right now. Obviously, it's back raging, you know, throughout the country. 
NASCAR changed their complete protocols last week on what drivers can and cannot do while at the track, which I am in a huge fan of. Like if I were a sponsor right now and I had a playoff driver, I would not want my playoff driver around anybody but his mama and his daddy and his wife or his whatever. Don't come. Don't be around anybody. And I said this on the show a few weeks ago when we saw Larson signing autographs at a dirt track. I was like, man. That's chancy. That's risky because there's a lot of people with COVID right now. There's pe- I promise you there's people with COVID that don't know they have it. I mean, our friend, Tony Hirschman, he did not know he had COVID. He had to take a test, and he failed a test. And then he failed another test. And, and Tony, I mean, to text me and Freddie both. He's like, man, I feel great. But he had COVID. He was out running that day. He's been cutting his lawn. He's still t- – I talked to him yesterday. He's fine. But uh, uh, JGR put in mandatory testing for everybody that's not vaccinated. And Tony just so he, he couldn't believe it. He said, "I think he took three or four tests." He said, "I feel there's I don't have a symptom. I just asymptomatic." He says, "Did that one time a pregnancy test just kept buying them?" <laughs> Still positive, but, you know. It's just you know it's just. But I mean, it's it's, crazy. it's a good measure though, because who's to say he wasn't going to come to the roof and knock oh, six yeah, of us out? Oh yeah, hundred percent. But week. it's still at the same time, you know, what's he supposed to do if, if he? If he feels fine, why would he ever take a test? If he didn't get tested, he's going to show up at a racetrack. Yeah, that's well, what I'm saying. It's good to have protocols and measures like oh, that because yeah. the 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 effect that could have had could have really put people in a tough spot. Yeah, that leads into this next topic: spot on, spot off. NASCAR should test all drivers for COVID two days before every race. Freddie, uh, you know, I don't know. It's uh, I would say I, I don't know if I can go spot on or spot off. You know, you look at other. Sp- other sports, the NFL has kind of adopted a, a hybrid plan where, you know, vaccinated players get tested every two weeks, unvaccinated players get tested every day. Um, wow. So, you know, that's 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 kind of their model. You know, that's how their, their model goes. I mean, you get fined $50,000 if you miss a test. Wow. So, you know, that's, that's how the NFL does it. They're obviously probably the most strict. Uh, but there's a lot of stake, the, man. Oh, yeah. Well, this, I mean, at the same time, you know, you – I mean, that's, you're obviously in close contact with a lot of people playing football. Um, MLB has weekly testing for their players. We see probably once a week we see somebody, a big name in the sport, gets, it's in the COVID protocol for a week. It's just, you know, it's it's uh, it's a slippery slope. You know, it's obviously you want to – I think NASCAR's biggest thing is they put a lot of it on us, the people in the sport, the drivers, the teams, to almost police themselves and be honest and – and if you don't feel right, make sure you get a test. And, and you know, if you're positive, let everybody know you're positive. Let people that you've been around know you're positive. And, and then you got to kind of just trickle down that contact tracing. Um, I don't know. I don't know, you know, obviously it's, it's a hard thing to say if they should test every week. I, I think that what we've had going on, I think we've, you know, the guys that have not felt good and, 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 tested we saw last year a couple drivers we saw this year already now Corey. you know with the contract t- contact tracing stuff uh it's hard to say if they should do it every week i uh, you know you you if, if the driver you know football the guy you can you can lose your wide receiver and and not and not destroy your chances of winning a game or winning a playoff or whatever uh you take the driver out of the car and it's it's going to be uh it's not going to work out well, and and the problem it's not. It's I mean, are you talking about just the drivers here? Are we just testing the drivers? Are we testing the whole sport? Because now, you know, where where do you draw the line? I'm gonna tell you where you draw the line. If they're vaccinated or not vaccinated, based on where everything else is going. 
I, I can live in the middle here and, and say NASCAR's done everything they can to turn the lights back on for us to keep us all as safe as we can. I feel like the teams that I work with at the racetrack are doing everything they can to keep us as safe as we can. Um, I, I'm like Freddie, man. I, I mean, I'm, I, it sounds like a great idea, right, till you open Pandora's box and all hell breaks loose. TJ, what do you think? Yeah, I think there's it's pretty easy to play both sides of this. Um but I think NASCAR, we gave them a lot of props last year for getting us back racing before anybody else was really back playing anything. And we went back and we had, as far as I'm concerned, we didn't have, we didn't take any steps back once we went back. Like there was no, they did everything right from the beginning to get us back. And we finished our entire season with literally no hiccups or anything. So, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to say, you know, NASCAR is not making the right calls here to keep everybody back racing and, you know, not have a mass deal where we have numerous people out, you know, and, and really feel the effects of that. So it's hard to it's hard to say that, you know, they're not making the right calls on this thing. There might be some more efficient ways we can explore, but hopefully um, hopefully this wave kind of starts dying down again. We kind of showed before we could – it took a while, but we got over the last one, and we were everything was way down. Everything was, you know, you know, getting almost normal, you yeah. know. And then this kind of started again. So I think, um, you know, I think they got some good procedures in place, and it, you know, it's hard for me not to, you know, kind of go with their stuff because they kept us racing last year. I think I think the biggest thing you look at here is, you know. Like we said, the, the the protocols that we've had in place, and a lot of it is team based. Not so much, you know. Obviously, NASCAR has their protocols. Teams have their protocols, and yeah, we you know we all knew people last year that had COVID and they were out, or you know, a couple guys here and there. I mean, you look at football games are getting canceled because the whole team had COVID, or you know, baseball teams are having to forfeit take a week games, off, forfeit yeah. games because. Because, you know, the whole team got COVID. I don't think we ever had a situation last year, except for maybe like a couple pit crews, you know, that would be like, all right, two or three guys in a pit crew are out this week because of it. But we never had a situation like where, holy shit, the whole 23 teams out this week. We you know they're, they're just not going to be able to race because of. So obviously, whatever protocols we have in place are working. You know, obviously, you can lose people here and there. But, you know, I think everybody's doing a great job. And, and I think NASCAR's protocol and the team protocols are working. I mean, if you think about it, look at uh, Brett, you probably know all the sponsors who've had to cancel appearances and activation at the track. Like we all know it's for the good of the sport because we want to keep going. So for sure. I, I mean, and I don't want to be a, a data guy, data guy. I know y'all like to argue on data, what? but if you go and you actually research where we're at, like we're usually a month behind India and the United Kingdom and like the way they had spikes, they went crazy for four to five weeks and they just completely fell off. Hopefully this is a four- to five-week run for us, and, and not us as a sport, us as a country, and the COVID cases go down, and we can go back to what TJ said, where we were three, four weeks ago. We were almost back to normal, it felt like. So, um, man, thoughts and prayers to people battling COVID, and hopefully we can all stay safe. Oh, my gosh. I just saw this tweet thing pop up, and it's Adam Schefter. <laughs> it says, Josh Allen has been placed – on the reserve COVID-19 list. And I didn't read the beginning of it. It says Jacksonville Jaguars have placed defensive van outside of Josh Allen. I'm like, (laughs) Resin was used as the traction compound on Michigan surface instead of PJ1. Spot on, spot off, TJ. I didn't really see, uh, I mean, I don't ever like having to apply stuff to the tracks, but I didn't, I thought it was okay. So it's hard. 
made uh there was multiple grooves you could use the edge of it i don't know if there's really any need to go higher um but i, I mean i thought i did its job yeah I, I spot on i think this stuff is two for two now you know for whatever reason i don't know what the what the difference is god bless you again oh she's got um but this stuff's two for two in my mind uh i thought it worked really well at nashville uh, I wasn't sure if that was only going to be like a, <laughs> is it, it was only going to be like a concrete surface deal. Um, but, uh, this obviously, I think this worked. this is probably one of the racier tracks that we have seen at Michigan in many years. Um, but the biggest takeaway for me is the difference between this resin and the PJ one is we can use the resin and it adds lanes to the racetrack and makes the racing better. That's what I've seen the two times we've used it. A lot of times the PJ1, like once we were running one lane, one lane, somebody moves up, another couple guys move up and get that PJ1 to where it's got some heat in it and activated, and then you have to run in the PJ1. Like it just makes that lane, it just takes whatever lane was the preferred lane and moves it to the bottom of the PJ1 lane. And I, it's, I don't see the same reaction with the resin. I feel like the resin, some guys can use it, other guys can't. Obviously, we, we could feel a balance change in our car with it. You know, it was tighter in the resin looser off you know out of it obviously um but you know it just some guys work better up there some guys work better on the bottom but I, it didn't the pj1 i feel like just takes a dominant lane and moves it to wherever the pj1's at and i don't see the same reaction with the resin i i think michigan was the best it's been since the repave we have more lanes available to run on than we have for a lot of years the xfinity race was freaking awesome the cup race, look, that package isn't awesome uh, once they get spread out. It's awesome on restarts. It's awesome um, when they're two and three wide. But once they get kind of in that single file deal, man, it's it's just extremely hard to pass. I think the track is a hell of a lot better than it's been. I think it's going in the right direction. And for the first time in a long time, I was excited to, to spot a race at Michigan. And I was expi- excited to watch races at Michigan. And, I mean, I would have had fun spotting on Saturday. Sa- Sunday would have been fun doing restarts. Um, but the, the track that the good news is when the track shows you the potential, it shows you on Saturday, it puts more pressure on Goodyear to make a better tire for Sunday. It puts more pressure on the package to be better. That's, that's obviously on, you know, the powers that be and the teams that are building these things. But now the track is at least back showing potential because it wasn't for years. And the, the biggest thing I noticed, and I don't know which way you went out of the racetrack, TJ, but you talk about the Goodyear's, you know, making a better tire. We drove it. Did you drive around turn one? Mm-hmm. Driving around turn one on the apron. So we park in the infield and we drive out on the racetrack and use the apron to get to the backstretch across over and get out of there. The one thing I took away from doing that was leaving. I did not see a marble. That, like, you know, no, normally you would see marbles built up against the wall with from tire wear and whatnot. And it's just, it's just one thing that always stands out to me when we get out on the racetrack now. You don't see that anymore. I felt like there was. The track was clean. I mean, very obviously up by the very wall where nobody was running. It was a little bit dirty, but it still wasn't the rubber buildup, the marbles that we used to see in years past. So I feel like now, like Brett said, now we got the race. You know, the the tracks are a little bit racier. We're in better position. We need to have a tire that wears out more because we saw yesterday there was no there was no fall off really. Guys were staying out all day, you know, trying stuff and and but we just need to get a tire that wears out. I feel like Latart said it in the booth. You know, once they pitted with that last fuel window, he said, "I don't expect to see these guys pit again." Yeah. And the reason why they don't is because the tires don't wear out. 
Yeah, I simple mean, math. It was just crazy to me to watch. You know, I mean, I feel like you used to go back out there after the race is over, and the track, if at, just outside the preferred lane, was just we call them marbles. Obviously, these little balls of rubber everywhere, and and there was nothing there yesterday. It was just completely cleaned off. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, Brett, they can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And, and there's really no shame these days in, in, in getting help when you need it. It can, man. And you got to be careful and uh, you don't want to carry that around by yourself. That's where these guys come in handy. Whether you've been in therapy uh, or new to the process, BetterHelp will give you the tools and to positive thinking and coping skills and how to manage those boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy is not just for those with major traumas. You know, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out one brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bumper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bumper. Contact between Brad Keselowski and Austin Dillon after crossing the finish line for stage two sends Dillon into the wall and out of the race. TJ. <laughs> this one's for you. TJ, you suck. <laughs> I mean, what the Lord? First day on the job. Um... <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, I spot off. Austin had a really good car, and I thought he had a he'd have been mixing it up up there in the front. He was up there in the front racing with them guys in the top three. Every time I looked up there, he was dicing it up. So I hate it for um, him and, you know, to have an out. He needs to win, too. So, you know, that was probably a really good shot. So spot off for that. I think it was just bad timing. I don't think. You know, there's two sides of it. What caused the wreck? I mean, I watched the wreck, and to me, watching it live, I was like, man, Brad hooked him. But then it's like Austin maybe was trying to come yeah. up. But at the end of the day, if, if the stage was over, why are they even all over each other like that? I mean, I think they're. I think we're racing back for the point, and then you're just, you know, you're still, I don't know, I think you're just, you're so zoned in right there for a quick second. It only takes, at that point, if you move a foot, you're, they're on each other. I mean, we were. William Byron ran us. I don't know if you saw it a couple times. He ran us to the grass, and I mean, we he were down there. We were down there. Dust was flying. End of pit road, still down there, and he's right against us. Like we're stuck. Like it was almost. That was almost too aggressive, in my opinion. Um, we had just gotten to the start. I wish you'd have been time. spotting for William Byron. Then it would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, just trying I, to get a point. I was nervous. Gotta I mean, race I was hard. I was nervous. Um, in them situations, <laughs> like I'm like, okay, I mean, this is a little like we're gonna have to move up at some point, you know. And I think, I think Austin just—I don't know if he thought it was clear or he just assumed that you know um, Brad wasn't right there or something. Just, just kind of a a bat. Just like I don't want to say it's a racing deal because Brad didn't. Brad feels terrible about it. I know he does. And um, and I, you know I don't think anybody wants to see that type of wreck happen right there. So I, I and I don't. It's not like Brad came down and just straight up hooked him. You know they're racing hard and you have a. Uh, misjudged by six inches at that point someone's hooked yeah it it looked to me like you know it they're obviously racing and you're coming to the end of a stage and they cross the line and the three's on the bottom and i just think that he kind of i don't want to say let his guard down but just kind of okay stage is over i'm good just gonna cut it because it it gets pretty rough after the start finish line down there on the apron and i think he just kind of assumed that i were through the line Brad really has no reason to be on my quarter, so I must, you know, even when we're there, we're just going to come back up now. It was like right and, after, and it, it was like right yeah. there, and though, it was so. just like it, it just 
you know, bad timing. I, did, I didn't understand. I saw Brad's tweet, and it made it seem like he thought there was another lap left maybe, so I didn't understand that. Um, but, yeah, it just, you know, I don't think it was anything malicious on Brad's part. It, it, I think it was just – And I think Austin said something similar in his interview too. He's, you know, I think he said um, he wasn't really – I think he just didn't expect Brad to be there, you know, yeah. like at that point. You know, I felt like in his mind he just felt like, all right, we're I've passed him. You know, he was obviously – I would say another 100 yards him. in the throttle, he would have been biased anyway. That thing was so fast. Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest thing I took away from him was he could run the bottom like nobody else could. Oh, and the straightaway and then, too, yeah, just oh, gone. Oh, the, the two of those two RC Hart cars, they were handling down the straightaways. Yeah. Richard Childress said, I'm an old man, but I'd kick his ass. <laughs> He's Still got it. Uh, he, RC was not playing around. Uh-oh. He didn't take his watch off, did he? <laughs> he said he might. Hold my watch. Hold my watch. <laughs> and he beat the piss out of Kyle Busch that time he said that. <laughs> uh, what happened uh, What happened to start that? Was that, was that at Michigan, too? No, it was like – Darlington? No, it was Kansas or just something like that. It was Kansas or oh, – No, no, that was Darlington. That was – was that Darling. when he wrecked Harvick at Darlington? On Pitt Road. On Pitt Road. Remember he, Harvick got out? I don't know if uh, – that definitely was part of it. I, that might not have been the final straw, but I remember that was you remember that was a year. Yeah, Harvard got out and Kyle pushed the car and it fired itself up. That and was drove a, that the was wall. at Darlington. That for was sure Darlington. when that happened. That was Darlington, but that wasn't where. But that's not where Richard took no. his it watch was off. Like, it was a mile and a half. It was I think a day it, race. Too. I think it was Chicago if or Kansas. You see Richard and Richard out on a cowboy hat too. He's mm. looking tough this weekend. If you see him walking towards you with no watch on, <laughs> you're in trouble. You better get you better get out of Dodge. It's like Dylan and trying to shake your hand. You're in trouble. All right, this is a long one. Kyle Larson says, tell William I'm not going to try to pass him for the lead with a faster Denny Hamlin closing in, and Hamlin was unable to pass the 200 cars before the rain caution. Got it? Spot on, spot off. Brett. Well, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit on this one. Um, I'm spot off for the way that those two guys handled everything. Um, They screwed up the end of the race. Um, you know, they, they're, they're sitting here with two Hendrick guys, second and third, with another Chevrolet fourth, who wasn't really a loyal Chevrolet guy on that particular day. He was driving the one car. And I just kept watching them screw up runs that they could have been able to get at the leader. And, and I could not understand for the life of me why they didn't get it together. So I this this whole – I mean, if you're going to help each other, help each other. And, and – I mean, I, I mean, they they played it over the TV when Kyle said, "Hey, tell him I'm not going to pass him. I'm just back here riding." Um, so this, you're you're. It's like we watched three. You're and jumping a half. ahead to something that they, that they weren't talking about. It's it's yeah, this is way different. <laughs> watching watching this whole race was like three hours of foreplay. We just never got to climax. That's what essentially. And on that this note, race was Freddy. Like. So, so what they're obviously talking about was the fact that, and I think we all know this. You you want to when you go to Michigan, especially with this package now, it's race is almost similar to a truck package. You do not want to be side by side at any point. Like if you're if you guys get side by side in front of somebody, it's almost like a push to pass button. That's what uh, Shane Huffman called it back in the day when we were in truck racing. Uh, it's like a push to pass button for the guy in third. Like he's going to get a massive run on the two of you and probably be able to go around both of you. Um, so that's what they're talking about here. Larson was just with Byron leading and Denny closing. They're not going to race each other and give Danny the opportunity to pass them, which I think is smart on their part. Uh, you know, I wish Danny would have got around him and won a race for a change. But, um, you know, it's just that, that I think that that's how you have to play the game there. You know, like 
I'm sure he was not committed to running behind him for the rest of the race like that. You know, they interviewed the crew chiefs, and the crew chief, one crew chief said, "Last lap, anything goes." The other crew chief said, "With a few laps to go, anything goes." And I'm like, "Whoa, what, what do you guys got? One of one of confused here. <laughs> You're not on the same page." There was just a lot going on leading up to the end of the race. It just ah, it was just crazy. But I mean, Fred is absolutely right. Look, it, the, the, we live in the day, Michigan right now takes us back with this particular rule package. It takes us back to the days of the good old shotgun. And some of you young folks, like Jason, might not know what the shotgun is. But the Hendrick guys should have been able to do that to win the race, and they didn't pull it off. Um, but that's exactly what they were trying to prevent yesterday when William was first and, and Larson was second. Was you know He was basically saying, Denny and I are not going to shotgun. Do you, do, you mean, do you mean slingshot? Slingshot. Shotgun. shotgun. I was thinking about shotgun, shotgun and beers. I mean, we were shotgun and beers. I mean, Sorry. I was <laughs> thinking about that's shotgun and beers. That's language. <laughs> A little off Shotgun, slingshot. Shake shot, and bake. Shake <laughs> Oyster deck. But, I mean, like, TJ, this is – I mean, you obviously – this this is something that I, you would cook up. You know, like, we're not going to race each the other. We're going to – you know, we're going to work together until we don't have to. Yeah, I think um, – I think it ultimately cost them the race. It, to me – Well, that was a restart, yeah. Yeah, to me, they lost that deal by not splitting on the front row. If you both take the front row – more than likely one of you is going to win, I think. When you single out, you're leaving that door open, and that door got kicked down. And it Ryan, got kicked stormed down. Ryan Blaney said thank you. From a guy who was picking from fourth. Yes. Well, the the problem was not so much that they didn't pick the front row and help each other. They all hurt each other. You know, they, the five, the 11 got to run on the five. The five runs the 11 way up the hill. So then the 24 is moving up the racetrack but to try and block gonna, the five. But that's what's going to happen, Blaine, though. And Blaney just goes driving by all of them like, hey, guys, thanks. There's, Appreciate it. Denny Hamlin is not. Yeah, he's not going to work with. Like, Denny's he's trying to win take, the race. Yes, he's going to. And that's Denny's. He's always like that, which is great. I don't. I mean, that's fine. But you got to remember. And, you know, I think Kyle, Kyle Busch is a very smart race car driver. He knew. No, he, I mean, Kyle's smart. He knows what he's doing out there. Everybody knows that. And when Kyle lines up behind Blaney, he knows going three wide on the bottom right there, it, he's going to end up seventh because they're going to pin him down there. He knows the best shot he's got is pushing Blaney through and then seeing where he ends up to, to build a run. You know, He might end up third, might end up second. Who knows? But when you've got a guy like Denny behind you, as soon as Denny cracks a quarter panel of the second guy in line, they're done, in my opinion. Like yeah. that That's your help. It's gone. So and I think you still – I think Denny's mindset is he's got to split. He just saw what happened. Them guys working to together. Him, he's yeah. got to split them up. So he's going to try to do everything he can Absolutely. to get the. And we always talk about on here. You got to in this package with these cars. You have to protect your right rear quarter. So that's what I mean. This track's way too wide to be yeah. thinking you can go down there and protect all them lanes because you can't. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I'm telling you right now though, the shotgun slingshot slingshot. They screwed that up. They should hey, Jason, have backed up to each other. I'm watching this race, and I'm yes, like, there's no way it. Blaney's going to win this race. Yeah, and it. he freaking won the race. What a little jerk. Remember when I said Josh? I was like, oh, because he's a <laughs> Patriots fan. Yeah, that's karma. Cam Newton uh, out. COVID. Five days due to COVID protocols. <laughs> it's all right. He's the backup. <laughs> Cam had to go get his game day clothes at the thrift shop. This Door Bumper Clear podcast is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise. RacingUSA.com has a wide assortment of the newest officially licensed diecast apparel, hats, 
helmets, novelties, and collectibles for the sport's most popular drivers, many of which are exclusive to RacingUSA.com. For example, RacingUSA.com currently has more than 500 different collectible die-cast cars available for 39 different drivers, including this weekend's Ryan Blaney Michigan race-winning die-cast. Items in your cart are automatically discounted. You can upgrade your orders to expedited shipping at no additional cost. You are guaranteed the lowest pre-order prices, and your in-stock orders are shipped the next business day. You're doing business with an independently owned company that has met the test of time for more than 20 years. You can also enter to win this month's $200 gift card. And they've just added the ability for customers to pay for their orders over four easy payments. Why would you not shop at RacingUSA.com? So whenever you want something new to show your support for your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years. Spot on, spot off. No caution was called for Tyler Reddick's spin after the final restart. Freddie. Spot on. Yeah, I mean. I mean, this was this is what we've been asking for. These guys, you know, he, Kyle, uh, Kyle, Tyler had a left rear flat and went in the corner and intentionally spun himself out. And there was really no harm coming. There was He was at the back of the pack. There wasn't anybody behind him, or at least not many behind him. And he was down on the apron. He spun, slid up the racetrack a little bit. Nobody coming. Got back on the apron, got rolling before we were probably ever through turn one and two. So, yeah, there's no reason to put the caution out. This is what we want. These, If you stop throwing the yellow for these guys intentionally spinning themselves out, they'll stop intentionally spinning themselves out. So, you know, I thought that that's what, that's what should have happened there, and I'm glad it didn't affect the end of the race. TJ. I mean, he was rolling. I mean, had he been sitting there, he would have eventually lost a lap. I mean, if he stayed there any longer – the yellow was going to come out, and we would they would have went by him. He was going to lose a lap regardless at that point. If he didn't get the caution right when he started spinning, you're done. Like anyway, so spot on for keeping you know the race green and for him getting off the racing surface as well. So you're saying that Tyler Reddick wrecked on purpose? I didn't see it. Uh, he didn't wreck. He just spun out. You're or saying you're saying out. he spun out on purpose? That's the way it appeared. I, did you see it? I didn't see it. When they showed him on TV spinning out, there were cars coming by him on the outside running what looked like 185 miles an hour while he was wrecking. That was a little scary to watch, regardless of whether he spun out on purpose or not. But, again, we have the data. If if he spun out on purpose, we have the ability to make that call. Um, I was surprised they didn't throw the yellow just from what I saw on TV. But, again, I didn't see it live like you did. You guys did. Um, but, again, you know, if, if what's going to happen – you know, this week, or, or what's going to happen at Bristol if he does that? Well, yell's going to come out because the track's so little. So I don't know how you can be consistent. You have to, if you're going to do anything, you got to start policing the on purpose part, which Bubba said you can admit to doing it. And do Bubba not, got fined. Do not admit it. Um, <laughs> I mean, we we saw, regardless of, you know, Randy Tolzman and I were texting back and forth last week after, after Indy, and he's like, man, I don't think Briscoe meant to wreck Denny. I think Denny was just slowing down way too much to make the corner, and Briscoe had too much momentum. And I was like, Briscoe meant to wreck Denny. I mean, one thousand percent. Then he tweeted that he would never, or he said something like he would never race that way, and he, I, that was right after he just raced that way. Um, anyway, that's on a tangent. I don't think he wrecked him on purpose. I just think I think it happened. And he, I think it, he was okay with it. Well, he said he would never do that, and he did it. My, I don't think he did it on purpose. The, I really the don't. Biggest thing that I took away from this race yesterday with Reddick was I was not impressed with his level of aggression once Austin Dillon was wrecked. Um, 
You know, we saw him dive four wide in the three that time. That's kind of what triggered that That's, wreck. That, that was not smart. That trick that triggered that wreck with Logano. I don't know if that contributed because he had some contact there. I don't know if that's what contributed to this left rear going down, or what you know what happened to cause this left rear to go down. But now, I mean, I feel like if he could have, you know, obviously it's, there's nowhere that's 100 percent safe out there. But you do not also need to go dive in four wide to the bottom and try to slide at, across at, noses. At that point, Freddie. Tyler Reddick is the last guy in the playoffs on points. At that point, he was plus 50. Yeah. That's a whole race. That's a race. Guess what he left the race? 25. Plus 25. I mean, and even even if he that, – so he was in the top 10 at that point. Even if he just kind of rides around and finish takes 15. care of – if you finish 15th, you're 40 points up. Got a that's, whole race. I mean, that's you can you can still kind of ride around the back of Daytona and finish – You know, even if Austin goes up there and wins uh, both stages – that gives you the opportunity you can finish twenty spots behind him, you know, and and still win, you know, advance. Now, now you're looking at if Austin goes up there and wins both stages, you got to finish within five spots of him just because of how aggressive you you approach the race after your main competition was out. So uh, we know that's Tyler's mo. That's that's you know you really get he's going to be on the wheel on the fence everywhere he goes. Uh, so that's kind of what we love about him. But, but at the but same did time, he, but did but, but but what we don't know is, and maybe obviously somebody knows, did somebody convey to him, which is his crew chief and spotter's job? Hey man, we got a fifty point cushion in this playoff. We don't need to do anything stupid here because if they didn't convey that to to him. Then Tyler didn't have all the the ammunition he needed to make a good decision. Yeah, I mean, obviously you would hope that that was relayed, and you could, and even Tyler should probably be able to drive by the front stretch and see that the three cars destroyed, and know. Okay, yeah, but you I know how those guys finish. are when they put their helmet on; they lose their mind. Someone told Tyler, "Do not put ourselves in a bad spot before that last restart." <laughs> yeah, did. but that was after the heat. That four wide deal was before the last restart. So yeah. if that was when they first told him, then that's a mistake on their part. Yeah. Spot on, spot off. The Truck Series playoffs kicked off with a standalone race with no live pit stops at Gateway. TJ, uh, I thought it went, thought it went fine until uh, the power went out. So it, that's a short track, though. I think that works. I think that works there because um, I don't know. I mean, it. I don't know why it wouldn't work at a mile and a half. I guess either, but short track. I mean, I thought that was a great race. You had guys, Ty Majeski took off like a rocket in the beginning i don't know if you guys noticed that (laughs) he went like from the high teens to like top five in a heartbeat and i know he's got a lot of laps there and um but i I thought it was it reminded me of a short track saturday night race and i thought it was good we didn't it was kind of nice to not you know know that you weren't going to come down and potentially lose i'll tell you i'll tell you where i noticed the biggest thing is a guy like ryan truex Ryan Truex was running inside the top 10, and he was running competitively before the wreck, probably 13th to 16th, which is better than what that truck normally runs because they probably didn't come down and lose time on their pit stops. You know what I mean? He, they don't have the best pit crew. Um, so I thought it was cool that people, you could make up ground under green and you got to keep it. So I felt like that was a really good deal for the truck series. I'm spot off. This whole thing is to save money for teams, and if you can't afford to pay for a pit crew, then don't you don't need to be out there. Um, I'm more spot off because I think they got six or seven races left. They're obviously going with us to Darlington, which is going to be awesome to have the trucks back there, and then they're with us all the way through. Uh, companion racing with us off and on all the way through Phoenix. This was the first race in the playoff. 
So if we're not going to have live pit stops there, don't have them anywhere. It's either for me, do it or don't do it. I mean, we talk about consistency. To me, that if we have live pit crews, it changes the outcome of this race. And either do it or don't do it. So, And plus, I'm a huge fan of live pit stops anyway. I think that's a big part of being in the top three series. Uh, I understand why other lower series don't do it. And, and I'm against it at places like the Snowball Derby. Um, but for, for us, this is the big times. Do it. I think I'm spot on. Um, I think the truck series – you could see the biggest disparity, like TJ said, up from the teams that go ahead and, and get Cup Series crews to pit their truck versus guys that that don't, essentially. And, I mean, even some of the teams that do have, quote-unquote, JGR pit crews or something, they're more so development guys versus the 18 guys. Now, maybe when Kyle drives, he wants his pit crew or something, but – uh, you could see the the cup team shine there, where there's the same kind of guys that come off pit road up top, uh, up front there. Um, my biggest thing would be, you know, and then, like you said, this is a, a cost saving measure for the teams. And if if that's what you want to do, if you want to save money for the teams, then yeah, you've you've got to leave this because I'd rather I'd much rather see the best truck win the race versus the best pit crew win the race. Um, you know, and that's just for me. Um, now I'm started I'm, too, I'm, and I'm all for. Now, I think you have to leave this in place at these non-companion races just because of the fact that travel travel, and getting these teams everywhere. And then, then you're going to see the even bigger disparity between the guys that can afford to bring their, their cup pit crews versus the teams that are maybe the back half of the top ten that don't bring cup pit crews. Um, so, you know, like I said, I, I'm all for maybe we don't need companion races, non-companion races in the playoffs so, so that we don't get put in this spot. But I think if it's going to be a companion race, it has to have this format. And and like I said, I'd, I'd rather see – yes, live pit stops are great, but I would rather see the better trucks win the race or run good versus somebody getting a top ten just because they have a, a picker that they Level pay more money. I'll tell you what I like, Brett. What you like, though? <laughs> During this race – I'll tell you what I don't like. I just do DBC picks, and I picked Kurt Busch. He finished fourth, and this kid <laughs> picked Ryan Blaney won DBC picks. Check out mine. <laughs> you sucked. Uh, <laughs> What do you like, TJ? I'm sorry. I like the fact that the battles happen. You know, like it was like a like a short track battle the whole race with the same the same guys a lot. But a driver outside of the current top 16 will win their way into the playoffs in the regular season finale at Daytona this weekend. Spot on, spot off, TJ. Here's who must win. Let me give them to you real quick: Matt DiBenedetto, <laughs> Chris Busher, Ricky Stenhouse, Ross Chastain, Bubba Wallace. Chase Briscoe, Eric Jones, Dan Suarez, Ryan Newman, Ryan Priest, Cole Custer, Corey LaJoy. Like, of the of the guys that are out there that are competitive, they're in must-win scenarios. Yeah, that's uh, that's why we're going to Daytona with this race. This is going to be exciting. And these guys are under pressure, and the excitement is building. If we were going to a mile and a half, this race wouldn't be nearly as – the pressure wouldn't be – I mean, the pressure will still be there, but – Every single one of them guys you just mentioned feels like they have a shot at doing this. And that's different when you're going to another track because it's more car than driver. Here, the car matters, but a driver can make up for it at a place like Daytona and Talladega. Matt DiBenedetto has never won a cup race. He's like 0 for 300, 0 for 270. 0 for 270. He's got three races left in his cup career where he could be competitive. Daytona, Talladega, Bristol. I, if I'm going to take a guy, 
outside of the the guys that are locked in in must win scenario, I'm going to go with a 21 car to get the Wood Brothers their 100th win uh, with Matty D this weekend at Daytona. You look at this list of guys. I'm spot on. I think one of them's going to do it. Um, two Daytona 500 winners: Austin Dillon, Ryan Newman. Two previous plate race winners: Stenhouse, Eric Jones, Matt D, Bubba. Priest, Bubba's got a second at Pusher, uh, Busher, P- Pusher, Pusher, Pusher to Pusher. Pusher yeah. Uh, these guys have all been in contention to win plate races multiple times over the last few years. So, you know, I think one of them gets it done. But my question is, for these guys, points don't matter, right? They're, they have to win the race. What is your strategy going into it? You would be complete idiots to be up there racing for stage points, Freddie. So – that's what I. That's obviously where I would lay. You don't want to be racing, and you think you'd go back and think, "Man, it's going to be crazy." You know, these guys got to win. Everybody's got to win. Anywhere. Rex I promise can you that. Ha- oh yeah, they can have him for first and but second real easily. You go back and look at. So you you would say like I think last year a lot of guys went into this like, okay, I'm gonna ride around the back. I need to win them, but I'm gonna ride around the back, take care of my race car, and I'll you know once the wrecks weed everybody out. And last year we had 14 cars wrecked out of the race, but. The wrecks all happened within 20 laps to go. We didn't have not, we had no cautions. I mean, obviously, we had the comp caution stage breaks, but we didn't have any cautions for wrecks until 20 to go. So, can you afford to ride around the back and have no track position whatsoever until 20 to go? No. You have to be up there. No, once, once, you're, once you're 15 to 20 laps from that last fuel stop, you better be working on your track position. It's a narrow t- – t- you know, Dude, Daytona at night – It's hard. I'm telling so you right hard. now. Da- Daytona at night becomes like a real narrow Talladega because it's got way more grip. You can be super aggressive, but they- Daytona tends to eat up your tires. Track position at this race will matter. I don't think you can afford – I don't think somebody is going to lay around and then magically come from the back to the front in the last little bit of the race. I don't think you can do it. There's too many – I've been in lines of cars that are digging way faster than everybody else. As soon as that spotter in that car that's eighth, tenth in line says, hey, there's a big run and come on up top three wide. As soon as one car pulls up and blocks that line, it's over. they're done. And then you're just stuck right there in that group. I think I like the strategy, and it's probably the safer route, but you're not guaranteed to get that big wreck. You know, you're not guaranteed to get it. I mean, it's more likely going to happen at some point. But, I mean, to me, I would personally just go race my tail off and see where I end up. Let you me can't ask you be, this, You though. can't be upset at that. If you're Penske Racing, who do you want to win this race? Well, probably, I mean, the guy that's not in it. Do you want the 21 car to win? If you're Ford Motor Company, yeah, of course. who do you want to win this race? I mean, Of all the guys, of all the Fords that are out there, which guy would you want to win this race? I mean, I'm probably oh, lining 21. up. I mean, yeah, it's the 21. Yeah. Hands down, the 21 is a sentimental favorite going into this race, and and hey, that's probably a lot of pressure on Matt. I mean, to me, they had the last plate race potentially won. They screwed up at the very end and blocked the wrong lane, and I was sitting there going, "Wow, can't mm-hmm. believe you just did that." Um, I don't think TJ Majors and and Joey Logano make that error, and I think Joey, they, you guys win that mm-hmm. race. But guess what? You don't have any pressure on you. Matt's got a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, for sure. But I think if I'm Penske, if I'm Ford, then I get to pick a guy. He's my guy. What about? I, I almost just think we uh, just let's line up. 
17th through whatever. Just let them race. And let them have a race. Yeah. 25-lap race. Yeah. Winner advances. Winner You get the 17th spot Why in the do we have to have – why do we? Brian to, France is now on our show over here, everybody. Why do we have to worry about like all these other guys involved that are locked in? Let's just let these guys race it out. Well, it'd be like what the last chance qualifier and outlaws or yeah, something. LCQ. This is the LCQ. The winner moves on. Let's see who can do it. I want to see. Could you imagine a race with Austin, Matt, Ricky, Ross, Bubba, Briscoe, Eric Jones, Daniel Suarez? Could you imagine that race? In Daytona, we're yeah. gonna get to watch it. They're all in the race. I know, but like, but you gotta mix. You gotta mix others. Like, I'm talking about just them guys on the track together at the same time. Should they all start in the top four lot uh, rows? I just draw for the start. I don't care. They're, they're gonna be 12, 12 positions different. Like in the lap one anyway. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Think you've heard all the stories from racing's past? Think again. Dirty Mo Media's newest podcast, glorious, white-knuckled, God-fearing, spun-out, and half-turned-over racing stories, immortalizes the greatest people and moments in motorsports. This podcast is a nostalgic throwback experience in a modern-day vehicle that celebrates racing's glory years. Join me, Rick Houston, each week as I uncover stories that you'll need to hear to believe. You can find glorious racing stories on DirtyMoMedia.com and all major podcast platforms. I I can't wait to hear Reaction Theater today. I I don't know what it's going to be like, but based on what my Twitter timeline looked like after TJ calls that huge crash there on the front stretch, single-handedly calls it, I can't wait to hear what these people are going to say. Turn the wheel I myself. heard you say hook him. I don't know why I heard that. But no, I that you had, must not have. The I will never down. say hook him, but I have heard that on radioactive before. Oh, that's yeah. been said. What a f-ing reaction! How about that move by Josh Berry? If you don't love Josh Berry, fuck you. Jesus. Okay, I assume he's talking about that move up around on the top of one and two that AJ screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. I was texting Chris going, hey, might want to tell them guys to protect the top, protect the right rear. So I just saw Bob Pockrass, Casey, <laughs> tweet that TJ Majors is going to spot for Brad Keselowski. And TJ, I just want to put your mind at ease. Don't worry. We hate Brad as much as we hate Joey. <laughs> you still suck. Really not worried about her. I think I want to get engaged to that lady. <laughs> I enjoyed that race. TJ got fired from Joey Logano's. TJ, you suck. Freddie, you guys are unbelievably horrible. <laughs> I mean, just trash. Just straight up trash. I love Bubba, but God, you guys are trash. I mean, it's going to be a shame when, you know, 
you get like Kurt Busch in that second car and he just starts knocking off wins and you guys are just continuing being trash. Brett, thank you for being a good man. I, I like you. You're a stand-up gentleman. Well, oh, that guy's a great judge. Yeah, he's, a, he's a bread fan. He what must be an idiot. Great message to start off with on Monday. <laughs> and just like that, week number one. Yeah, Keselowski needs a new spotter. Maybe TJ Majors should do it. Hmm, what do you think he tried to teach him there? They didn't quite get. Tried to teach him how to block. A little late there, Brad. Good job, TJ. You suck. There was that was definitely a late block. <laughs> there was zero blocking. We left the bottom lane open for him through three and four. There was zero blocking. It was there. late. That was late. That was real it was late. Real late. <laughs> we block with the front bumper, I guess. Now, I guess. Freddie, why the hell was the number twenty three upside down? Oh, so they let me go do the lettering this week. Clearly. Uh, I was going to say, it's like me and you went and took a bunch of picklebacks, and they said, hey, guys, it's Wednesday. You guys want to wrap the car? Yeah, we'll wrap the car for you guys. What an idiot. Uh, they, they they were messing with me before the race. They're like, there might be an issue with the car. Let's see if you notice it, see if our spotter's worth a damn. So then one of the other guys, before I got a chance to go up there, was like, hey, Freddie, did anybody tell you that the roof number's on upside down? And I'm like, did you guys really think I wasn't going to Notice that the roof number was upside down. Like, I said, I mean, I would have fired myself at that point. I'll go ahead and tell you, like, we don't use the roof numbers at all. No, no. I mean, Never. the team literally. I mean, I don't know when they lettered the car, but but it's still pretty hard to be that dumb to put it upside down. <laughs> I well, did not say yeah. that. Like, I don't know when they lettered I mean, I, the car, I, but nobody knew about it until it, we were at the track. It was for the fans, right? Yeah, we Who, turned it around to the face of the fans. Whoever did it needs to come on Twitter and own it. Like you need to own this. Yeah, up, I don't know because this is it. an epic. Up. I don't know who did it. Well, I guess TJ's move to the two proves that bullying still works. Can't blame you for not wanting to be told you suck every day. Uh, but the real reason I'm checking in is I, I would like someone to please explain to me how Alan Gustafson makes some of the calls he does. I mean, yes, I get he he was a big reason Chase won a championship. But he also makes some of the dumbest calls I've ever seen. Right, unless I'm missing something, how in the world on a track that track position is king do you make that call to pit twice within six laps and lose position with one of, if not the fastest, Carl day? Guy's upset as got it win. You, so is like, Jason. Sounds like a Chase Elliott. <laughs> I think I think that was Jason. But I'm I mean, I don't know all I don't know the scenarios. To me, we pitted an extra time because we had a loose log knots. So, and you don't know in a situation like that, like. I almost said you pitted an extra time because your car was wrecked and I forgot you spotted for bad. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did not pit an extra time. <laughs> we did actually take the nose up once, but. Did you outrun Joy yesterday? Did, yeah. yeah that felt good. Wrecked. That felt good. <laughs> <laughs> take that out, Jason. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not going to. I mean, I, I, I want them to finish second to you. Okay. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to Matt Benedetto and his great sixth place finish this weekend, Michigan. You know, it's, it's great to see him and the Wood Brothers 21 coming together uh, these past few weeks. Uh, they're in the right direction, it seems like. But unfortunately, those Wood Brothers are in the wrong direction because they done fired Matt for no- next season. We won't see Matt in the 21 and 2022 because they're going to put some rich boy behind the wheel, that Harrison Burton kid, 
It's stupid. I don't, I don't think, think the Wood rich. Brothers got no rich. idea what they're doing if they're going to fire a guy like Matt DiBedetto and keep him out of the ride when he really he's just needing that big chance to get that big win for the Wood Brothers. Deep it's just Dedo. a damn shame. You know what I mean, fellas? This guy sounds like our buddy Jason Brownlow, who's an official doing a Lou Holtz impression. <laughs> if Jason Brownlow were going to give a Notre Dame pregame speech, that's what he would sound like. Does that not sound like Lou Holtz to you? A little bit. A little You're a Notre bit. Dame guy. Yeah. A little bit. He just wants Matt DiBenedetto to get his chance to win a race. It's not Matt. He's had like 300 chances. Did you, I like how he says DiBen... He's almost better than you. Yeah, yeah. He's like, instead of DiBenedetto, it's DiBenedetto. <laughs> yeah. Brett, take notes. Cut a couple cut a couple syllable, syllables off. To leave an audio message 24-7, go to anchor.fm slash clear and click the message icon. So glad to see so many people leave you a congratulatory message, TJ. That's awesome. Yeah, they were super I, positive. I, I'll say this. Um, my Twitter, I scrolled it a little bit. I've been staying off of it because it's bad. We saw you updated it already with your new car number. I did. I did one little thing. I hit delete one on one thing. One number. Just took one number off. But um, you know, I reading through it though, it, there was actually a lot of positive messages. So, and your poll was really we, good. We so. had those people blocked. So, <laughs> <laughs> probably we so. Didn't, we didn't see any of that. Offer pad question of the week. When you first moved out of the home you grew up in, what was the first place you lived in like? TJ. <laughs> uh, all hand-me-down stuff. From I went from living, living with my parents straight to North Carolina uh, with a buddy of mine, D. Neal. Oh, D. Neal. How's he doing? Yeah, he's good. And That's um, that guy. <laughs> we had a... Very, he had a unique house. There was an extra bedroom in there that nobody stayed in. So I moved in with him. Really tiny house, but it was, um, we never had any food in the refrigerator. It was the weekends, it was top to bottom beer. Uh, the placemats at the um, table were Waffle House placemats. Uh, we had a pillow room, which <laughs> was a room that I guess. What'd I'm, you guys doing there? Well, we just took naps and stuff. Hello, fights, duh. Yeah, okay, it, it was like a that room. Fun. It was a room with a bunch of windows that we put all the blackout stuff over it, and then we're like, man, we just, just threw all pillows in there, and made it a pillow room. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I would definitely need a face mask if I went in there. We had a rabbit. Hazmat suit. We had a rabbit that lived in the garage that ate, ate insulation. And didn't make it. His name was Crouton. And, uh, wow. <laughs> Weird he didn't make it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, the Did first place I Put him on a in. salad? Is that what happened? I <laughs> threw him a carrot once in a while. the name the came first, from. The <laughs> first, first, you'll get a kick out of this, Brett, because the first place I lived after moving out of my parents' house was with my buddy Rob. Oh, God. Who I, yes. I'm actually, I'm actually wearing a Trabuzio Grill t-shirt today. I'm surprised you survived. Well, we barely did. Uh, it was, uh, it was same situation. It was basically a frat house. I was, I want to say I was 19, 20 years old maybe, and it was what we like to call a shish show. And if you're ever in the Jekyll Island, Georgia area, go visit either Sunrise Grill or Tribuzio's Grill. Ask for Rob, and you will know exactly why I tell you we barely survived. Ball-headed, crazy dude. I left Pageland, South Carolina, which I grew up in the same. I never had but one house, a little two-bedroom home right there on the uh, Chesterfield side of town. Anyway, I left there, went to Columbia, South Carolina, moved into a four-bedroom apartment. My rent was $236.50 per month. It included all utilities. We moved in. We had a big Onkyo sound system. 
uh, that my roommate Jason Evans brought. And very first day, man, we got this thing cranking. We got it cranking, and the people above us started jumping up and down on the on the what was their floor and our ceiling. So I took a broom handle and started hitting the ceiling back like screw screw you. It. Well, guess what showed up? Police. Four cheerleaders. Oh, they were all guys. Got cheerleaders. Okay, never mind. And I was <laughs> like, and they had on their cheerleading stuff. And I was like, hey man, what's up? He goes, you guys got your music too loud. I was like, you guys should come down here. It's fun down here. Ended up, we got to be buddies with them. But um, University Commons, which is no longer named that, Casey, South Carolina, right across the river from the best school I think I walked past on the planet, once. the University of South Carolina. Um, yeah, Freddie, you probably saw it on your tour of Columbia. Uh, <laughs> talk about it? Yeah. No. Do you share? You talk, uh, talk about <laughs> it. Hands down, two, two of the best years of my life living right there. What yeah, time? I had, a, I had a really good time. <laughs> I think I did. I don't remember much of mine. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, we would go to the store to get adult beverages, and we would buy, you know, like Popov. You know, like you get a half gallon for four dollars back then. Oh yeah. I mean, and now like you wouldn't dare touch yeah. that cheap stuff. No. Nah. Upgraded. Go get a cash offer on your home today with our presenting sponsor, OfferPad.com. that time again where we discuss our favorite xfinity x5 more than fast moments whether you're on or off the track speed isn't the only thing you need what were your favorite more than fast moments this week brett i gotta say the fastest thing i saw casey on the racetrack was josh berry in that one car when he took the lead three wide and then they keyed up and said that's how it's done boys so i mean if i'm gonna think fast it's gonna be hard to beat how fast that happened Freddie. Uh, my more than fast moment will probably have to go to Ryan Blaney for that last restart, getting out front, him and Josh controlling the race from that point on. Uh, did a great job blocking lanes and taking air away from guys, which is what you got to do now in Michigan. So uh, my more than fast moment will probably go to Ryan Blaney and Josh Williams, his spotter, for the way they controlled that race at the end. I like it. TJ? I'm going to go with AJ. He is, uh, took the top spot and hold off, uh, to hold off Brandon Jones for the win. He's got momentum, and momentum's hard to beat sometimes, so I'm going to roll with A.J. Allmendinger. We like it fast here on Door Bubber Clear, but what we really like is being more than fast. And thankfully, there's always tons of action for our Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. You know what else is more than fast? Xfinity X5. With the speed for all your devices, you get the reliability and security that keeps your crew connected and protected. On the track, being more than fast means you've got the teamwork and strategy to win. With Xfinity XFi, you can do more of what you love with faster internet and a powerful and secure connection. Follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter for even more Xfinity XFi, more than fast moments. And don't forget, KC, to vote for your favorites. Thank you to Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free awesome service to make the process simple and easy there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcasts and many more platforms also you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership i like like money it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's leave a message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. 
So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Brett's favorite segment, What an Idiot. Man, there's so many candidates. I mean, the, the 23 guy is pretty bad, but it'd be easier to give that out if we actually knew who did it. You know, we don't know who did it. So I got to go with whomever started the truck race at 9 o'clock and the light's going out. How hard is it to know? We've had this problem here before. How hard is it to have a plan in place that if the lights go out, guys, we're probably going to need a backup plan? So whoever didn't think ahead – on that deal. I mean, this is a track that I think would be awesome for a cup race. This is a market that I think would be awesome for a cup race. I've heard we may be going cup racing there down the road. And we can't get there and have the biggest show in the world going on at that particular moment in time because I can't think of a lot on Friday night at 9 o'clock that would be bigger than a NASCAR race for us to have give people the opportunity to change channel because we can't pay the light bill. I know that literally is not what happened, but whatever happened to cause that, what an idiot. My one idiot for the weekend. I had I had a couple candidates as well. Uh, one was Thad Moffat intentionally wrecking a guy mm, at two mile yeah, an hour. He took mine. So, I mean, you can have it, but my my, my one idiot for the weekend is the Le Mans flagger. Did you see this guy? You know, oh my, he almost <laughs> got hit. So yeah. I don't know. You know, no, so twenty four hour Le Mans. Uh, the flagger that throws. I don't, I don't. I'm assuming maybe he throws the green from there, but I know I he throws so. a checkered flag. He's out on the racetrack. Like he's, the old school he's, days. He's like two lanes off the bottom of the racetrack out there, jumping up and down, waving the checkered flag. Well, here they come, like six in a row at him, and there's a hell of a race for like the LMP2 clash or something like that. So they got to dart through this traffic that's slower, that's kind of slowing down because of the checkered flag. Yeah. Well, here's the dude standing there, and somebody darts out of the line to the right, and I'm talking misses this flag man by two feet. Maybe three feet. I don't know. Wow. But I mean that. I mean, who ever thought it was a good idea to stick the flagger out there while these guys are trying to race back to the line? What an idiot. Hmm. I'm, I mean, I read where the uh, the guy that was collateral damage in the Arker payback has a broke leg. I heard so. he's real messed up. Dang. Like, her, I, what what happened bench. there? Tell know. us I, a little bit more. I mean, I guess uh, two guys had contact and. There was some retaliation, and there was a third car involved, and the guy ended up getting his leg broke. So, that's not a good scenario. Yeah, you can't, you cannot intentionally wreck a guy at a two mile racetrack. I don't care what happened earlier in the race; that's something that can't happen. I mean, if you do, you, I mean, holy cow, that's the Lamar thing. Wow. That's Even if yet. you do it, you, you can't take others with you. Yeah, no doubt. Brett just watched the Lamont thing, and the guy wow. actually hit the flag. That's how close he was to the flag, man. Wow. The flagman, like, steps back a little bit. He's like, whoa. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, just just search out uh, Lamont flagger, and you'll see the end of the race. It's it's uh, pretty sketchy. DBC picks after Michigan. Freddie wins with Brian Blaney. Still leads with a score of 13-8-5 to to with Brett in second and TJ third. Ready for picks for Daytona. TJ. I got robbed. You guys are running up. Running out of weeks here. How many races can I clinch with? I guess once you're 10 up. Or, or depend. It'll or, be less, yeah. yeah. Who you got, uh, TJ? Boy, this is going to be tough. I don't have a lot to pick from, but the best one in my group is probably definitely going to be... Uh, Eric Jones. Solid pick. Um, 
I mean, I've already talked about this guy here today and, and the scenario that would be a cool scenario. 0 for 237 in the Cup Series. 0 for 69 in the <laughs> nice. Xfinity Series. Uh, Matt DiBenedetto, I need, a, I need you to beat whoever Freddie is about to pick. And TJ, you could win a race every now and then, you know? Uh, no, my guys are all – if I pick them – He jinxes them. Yeah. I'll take old double-A, Eric Amarola. Who would have thought that Kevin Harvick would be 15th in points with no wins if 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 he doesn't win Daytona, obviously, going into this playoff? Like, who would have thought that would be what the championship standings reset to? Is that not insane? It is insane. It will definitely be a great race to watch on Friday and Saturday. It'll be exciting. I, I mean, I was talking about this with somebody on the plane last night. I feel like, which, Brett, you didn't get a chance to do it yesterday, but it was, in my opinion, that restarts yesterday is probably more wild than what we're going to do next week because there was going on everywhere. There was runs coming from every direction. You're four and five wide and trying to figure out what lane's going to get moving. Uh, and yes, you don't want to be on the bottom. No, you do not want to be on the bottom of three wide, especially through one and two. Uh, so it was it was it was a good warm up for what we're getting ready to do this week. So if fans want to meet you in Daytona, will you guys be living at the Oyster Pub? I will not be in Daytona. Freddie's a Sunday only guy. He's Saturday, big time at this Saturday. Saturday only. Oh Saturday. Well, yeah, I hope Saturday because Sunday we got our first weekend of football baseball tournaments around here. So um, yeah, I, I uh, man, I love Daytona. I love spotting there. Um, could be the last weekend I ever spot at Daytona, depending on what happens. You never know, right? So go take it all in. Try to win one. All right. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our amazing presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Have a great week, guys. Halloween out. See ya. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.